Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, David Vinoy, who's VP of Sales at Process Weaver, now part of Alemica. And today we're going to talk about supplier management, an important piece of your digital transformation puzzle. Now, um, you know, one of the things that makes supply chain management so uh, complex and so challenging is that there's so many, you know, different dimensions to it. And one of those dimensions is inbound logistics and supplier management, which often for a lot of companies doesn't get the same level of attention as the outbound side. So what are the main challenges that companies are facing uh, with supplier management and the inbound side of, the, of their supply chain? And how can technology help them navigate through these challenges and, and you know, uh, drive you know, business value? Well, those are the main questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have David on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, David, welcome to the program. Adrian, great being here. I uh, look forward to uh, an engaging conversation today. Great. Well, David, I, you know, you're a first time, you know, guest on uh, Talking Logistics. And like I always do whenever I bring on a new guest, I'm always curious how people get involved with this crazy industry that we're in. So right. uh, before we dive into the topic of supplier management and inbound logistics, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved in supply chain logistics? Yeah. What your current role and responsibilities are there at uh, at Process Weaver? Yeah, no, great. Yeah, happy to, uh, to to share some of that information with you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the least likely person to be in uh, logistics because I'm a, a historian by academic training. So I found myself in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, realized I couldn't live on uh, fourteen thousand five hundred dollars a year and and look for an opportunity. Uh, you know, I had always been told I should be in sales and. You know, that uh, kind of started my sales career, but I, it was Madison, Wisconsin, um, 170,000 people, very few shippers in Madison, Wisconsin. And that was what I was hired to do is to go out. And this is, of course, before PCs were prevalent in the, in the warehouse, right? This was when UPS put stamps on boxes and there was just this limited automation. But my job was to go out there and, and sell this technology to help shippers automate those processes. And and I remember those days in Madison following UPS trucks around and at the time, RPS trucks, if you can remember RPS that later came uh, FedEx ground, because I didn't know where these shippers were. So I would just follow the trucks and go in there and, and try to sell the automation, uh, you know, that I could. Um, so, you know, go in there and, and you just kind of pitch the technology. I had a lot of success. And then, you know, fortunately for my career, uh, computers did enter the warehouse and, uh, did that for a number of years uh, out of Mass Wisconsin, uh, Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, kind of was our was my territory. Uh, from there, I bought a company um, uh, in Dallas uh, that was a, re a reseller for uh, for uh, a prominent uh, uh, shipping software uh, author, and uh, started that company back in 1995, uh, which I later sold, and that was where we started to kind of move into automated shipping from the outbound perspective. But operating as an, a plug-in or an extension to ERP and, and had a lot of success there. That company was later uh, purchased. Um, it was with that organization for a couple of years and then did another startup in, uh, uh, with a company here in Dallas, where I then became a reseller for Process Weaver. So that's where the, the marriage with Process Weaver took place. Uh, had a lot of success with our native SAP uh, shipping solution. And it was the only thing in the marketplace and just had a lot of a lot of success uh, served, uh, then came on board officially, I guess, probably nine years ago uh, and served as uh, vice president of sales, eventually just prior to the acquisition by Alemica as executive vice president of Process Weaver. And then, yeah, Alemica 
happened and uh, it's been great uh, serving now as, as vice president of sales for Process Weaver to you know, extend the entire Process Weaver Alemica transportation management platform. So that's uh, from uh, cracking open a history book to uh, uh, selling uh, supply chain technologies. That's the, that's the, that's the, short, the short version of that. Well, that, you know, that's great. And, I, and that's why I always ask this question, because I, I can tell you that the vast majority of people that we have in this program did not get their start in supply chain logistics. They not start, right. you know, study supply chain in, in, in college. Uh, you probably are the first historian by background to be on the program. But we did have a teacher who started out as a teacher, high school teacher uh, on the program as well. So, you know, it's great. I, my, me, myself, longtime listeners know that I'm a materials science engineer, you know, by background. So, you know, it's, it's interesting how so many people from so many different backgrounds ultimately find their way into, uh, you know, supply chain and logistics. And, and I think it's great because I think we all provide some, um, you know, different perspectives uh, on uh, uh, on the industry and, and maybe where some of the opportunities uh, might lie. And who knows, maybe when this is all said and done, uh, David, uh, with your history background, you, you can write a great book on the history of supply chain management. I, I, point. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, it's a very simple thing to write, right? <laughs> and it's and it's constantly changing as this past you know eighteen months have uh, have shown and um, so so let's get into the topic now. I mean, obviously in your role, uh, you you get to talk to a lot of customers and a lot of prospects out there. Um, so so what are the main challenges that companies face with supplier management and the inbound side of their supply chain? Yeah, I mean it's it's something that we we didn't fall into at Process Weaver. Uh, you know, we have a large uh, uh, SAP customer base. And our solution was primarily a native SAP solution. Eventually, it branched into other ERPs. But when we would go in and talk to transportation professionals, it was always about the outbound. And we had known about the difficulties um, with inbound uh, management of goods because there's no visibility. Uh, it, the supplier compliance was horrible. And it was just very disruptive uh, for their overall supply chain management of both inbound and outbound. Um, so. We were in the business to help with the, manage the complexities of outbound, multimodal, multi-carrier shipping. So we just thought, well, why don't we just turn our platform around and, and extend that out to the supplier community, giving them the same tools that uh, any business would have to effectively manage uh, the, their outbound shipping operations. And so, you know, that's kind of where it started. Um, and then it just caught on with the, with a couple of big customers that uh, saw, you know, significant value and. And what, what I found, and I don't know, maybe you wrote this or I've read it from, uh, uh, you know, analysts. Uh, uh, I can't remember where they came from, but about, you know, 40 percent of transportation spend is on the inbound side of it. So the stuff that we were leaving on the table, we really didn't. And then, you know, the light bulb, uh, you know, turned on. So, um, you know, we found out and kind of uncovered these challenges and have built the platform out uh, over the over the years because uh, the, the supply chain executives that we were talking to, they were looking to you know, control costs. Um, but it was really about the difficulty of the, the, the suppliers staying compliant with routing guides. So these big retailers would send out routing guides, they'd have them on their website, keep their fingers crossed that the, the supplier community would uh, adhere to that. Um, so, and they didn't have KPIs on supplier performance and the lack of automation, you know, with ASN labels and just, it was just a nightmare for them, especially with with, with big box retailers, which is kind of where we started. And then it was the visibility. They had no visibility. So, you know, uh, with inbound coming into the distribution centers, they didn't know what was coming in on any given day. So it was hard to plan. 
And now with drop shipping, where suppliers are drop shipping, they don't have any of that. So, you know, those are the challenges that we we talked about. Uh, I mean, I think we rolled the product out about six years ago, and uh, they're still uh, even more so now, right? With the changes in in supply chain operations, the need for visibility uh, is massive, and and our platform or these types of platforms are invaluable for that. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, you know. Visibility always comes up in the conversation, right? And, and again, you know, when you talk about outbound, you know, visibility is put into the perspective of, well, the customer always wants to know where's my shipment, where's my order, um, and and being able to have that, provide the customer with that visibility and also have that visibility to, you know, the status of orders and shipments to be able to be more proactive in terms of resolving issues is, is critical. But as you just mentioned, that's critical on the inbound side as well, right? So if you're talking about, um, y- you know, understanding what's coming into the warehouse to, to be received. And if you're blind to that, it's very difficult for you to plan your, your resources, to plan your, your, exactly. your, uh, you know, work schedules and, and your work processes, you know, around that. And then I think the other point you brought up, which I think particularly with, with parcel and, and small package shipping is the whole compliance uh, aspect of it and ensuring compliance. I mean, there's a lot of uh, not only compliance with the labeling and, and all those aspects of it, but, you know, if you're not if you're not complying to the routing guide, um, you know, you're basically, um, you know, leaving money on the table. You're losing money uh, by not yeah. taking advantage of the, those negotiated rates. Um, and again, yes, I mean, obviously, one of the big things out of the pandemic has been the explosion of of e-commerce. Um, and, and that has driven a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of business. But also, you know, if, if you haven't gotten those aspects of your inbound process right and automated, um, you, you know, if, if, if it was a pain point in the past, I'm sure it's a pain, even a, a greater headache today, right? Yeah, no, I mean, what we're seeing, uh, and this is certainly uh, analysts have written on this, is we see within the companies that we talk to, and we have a lot, you know, a lot of uh, multinational large organizations, but we also have a very large SMB or mid-market practice. And, and, and that's what they're saying all the time. We're seeing big freight becoming small freight. We're seeing big DCs becoming smaller DCs, all because, you know, of the Amazon effect of you need to be close to the customer and all of the final mile stuff. So we do see our customers and our customers are all over the place from ocean and air freight shipment down to parcel. But we are seeing an uptick on what would historically be referred to as B2C e-commerce. Now it's B2B e-commerce. And they're taking on these uh, these business personas of being an e-commerce company because they've got to get the right item to the right customer at the time and place they need it to be. And they got to be, you know, hundred percent right all the time because the expectation, if I'm going to buy a million dollar part from you and I'm going to buy $11 item on Amazon and I get perfect uh, user experience with Amazon, I expect the same. And it's all driven by the data, right? It's all, you know, getting the information to those who need it when they need it 24, seven, 365. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned it before, even the, the the inbound side is becoming a hybrid outbound side, because if you're doing drop shipping, right, um, you're basically relying on your supplier to ship that order directly to the customer. But if you don't have visibility to it um, and no KPIs around that, it, it's very difficult for you to manage that customer experience to, for your customer, right? Because now you're dependent on that supplier to really deliver that customer experience on your behalf. So I, I think that's a that's a you know great insight there that that that's becoming you know part of this as well. Um, so, so so how can technology ultimately you know help in this? And you touched a little bit about it, but you know when you look at those challenges and problems we talked about, 
What are some of the then capabilities that companies ought to look for in a, in a solution to, to help align with addressing those challenges? Yeah, so the, I mean, there's a lot of challenges and some interesting things that we've uncovered having several uh, large companies. And by large, I'm talking about companies that have uh, anywhere from five or 6,000 suppliers you know, on these platforms. One of the things that I never really thought about when we originally launched this program is that with these platforms, you no longer have to give your carrier account numbers out. And I go, well, that, you know, that's interesting uh, because, you know, you, well, it is a credit card. And some of our customers have told us that, yeah, that, you know, it, it, this type of prevents fraudulent use of their accounts. Uh, it allows the, the PO to control the proper routing, right? So when we talk about some of our suppliers, if the purchase order says it needs to be delivered by this date and you confirm that date, but yet you have to kind of slip in a next day air uh, rather than the ground at the PO, this, the, you know, the, the company that issued the purchase order wasn't in control of that. So, uh, you know, we've seen uh, many companies uh, lose substantial money just on the fraudulent use of their account numbers and then having no control really over the routing. And that can include, you know, whether they're going to be doing a comparative rate analysis or they're trying to consolidate, you know, fewer ship, you know, multiple shipments into fewer shipments. So it's enforcing these proper routing guides and rules, and these systems enforce that. They don't let the supplier have to make those decisions. They don't have to uh, make sure that uh, the supplier has the, the label specification and they've got to go buy a software to make sure that the ASN label, all of that the platform provides. So it really does add a lot of value to suppliers uh, that way. Uh, because print, you know, transportation is so, still so heavily paper-based, right? There's labels, there's international documents, there's dangerous good stuff that goes on. Now, I mean, lithium batteries and there are in everything, right? I mean, it's, I, I'm waiting for it to go into a loaf of bread or something like that. But it, it, it's in everything. So it, it's a lot more complex. It's a lot more regulated. A lot of our customers are international. Uh, so there's a lot of compliance. And then to try to get every supplier in line is virtually impossible if you're doing it over the phone or over the email. So these platforms allow you to kind of take control of that supplier community. And then you have the visibility. If everything is being shipped into you or drop shipped on your behalf, you've now have visibility. So that has on delivery events, revenue recognition benefits. So it touches finance, customer service, obviously information is just a click away now. And uh, those are going to be what the platform provide really kind of to address those challenges. Um, and I think a, a little later on, may, I may share a story with one of our about one of our customers and kind of what their ROI uh, resulted to be. But uh, those are some of the things that the platform provides that addresses those those challenges that they've been facing for a long time. And a lot of companies don't even know. I mean, they know about it. But when we present maybe a presentation deck when we're and we say, hey, by the way, we also do inbound. That's a more exciting conversation for them to have because they just haven't had it with anybody before. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, the, you know, going back to my opening remarks, it, it's been an area that um, relative to the outbound hasn't been looked at as, you know, as closely. And there hasn't been as, as much investment on the inbound side as uh, on the outbound side. So, I mean, it sounds like obviously, you know, visibility, as we talked about is a key capability, you know, visibility to, you know, the, uh, the, the shipments, uh, visibility to the statuses and things like that. That's an important, you know, component to this. Uh, you know, compliance uh, sounds like, you know, having compliance capabilities in terms of compliance to the compliance, to the routing guides and compliance to the business rules and the workflows that, that you've together uh, that you've kind of uh, defined. 
um, and to really help um, you know eliminate some of the manual processing or the opportunities for uh, you know rogue spending or you know doing things that fall outside the uh, the, the business rules that that the customer uh, you know expects from their uh, you know from their suppliers. Um, so, so you mentioned customer example. Well, well, can you share kind of a customer example of, yeah. of kind of how the technology has helped them to, yeah. to improve their supplier the that, process? Yeah, the one that comes to mind, um, it's a large aerospace company that would be recognizable, but uh, they never let us mention their name. But uh, they were having those challenges, right? And this is one of our older customers. And, uh, you know, they were seeing a lot of fraudulent use of their account numbers. Um, they were had no control over how what carrier or what level of service, I should say, what carrier service combination was going to be uh, finally realized when they saw the carrier invoice come in for that particular shipment. Uh, and so they they spent about a year and a half onboarding pretty close to, I think, at last count, about 5,500 suppliers. Now, they were a big enough company to enforce that on their suppliers because that's the biggest challenge with these types of, uh, of platforms is to get... Uh, you know, it, small suppliers are easy to force. Uh, big suppliers that have invested three million dollars in a TMS don't want to separately go to a to a portal, and, and we have solutions to work around that. Um, but they wanted their POs filled correctly. They had to have the KPIs. They were tasked with it from from the top down to reduce transportation spend, uh, and uh, they had a staff because of that large supplier community. Their staff was huge, trying to find out where a package was. Why is your ASN label not coming in? I'm not even talking about the EDI stuff. And that's what, you know, Alemica brings to the table after the acquisition is all the data that's exchanged electronically. When we first started this, you know, we, I mean, process, we were kind of avoided EDI, right? We kind of did the poor man EDI, uh, you know, e, our ASNs were emails that went out, but that was more than they had. So, you know, these platforms allow collaborations uh, as well between uh, buyer and supplier. So our portals will actually allow somebody to go in and say, I am shipping this from this line and I, the expected ship date is this. So there's a, there was a lot of collaboration that went on that uh, that this aerospace company wanted to uh, perform and they wanted collaboration. Not only did they want the supplier to comply with the routing instructions, but they wanted a collaborative platform that said, okay, okay, now we know that uh, you're going to ship on this date. Well, that was updated into their SAP system. So now you know, the buyer has all of this information. And then when it's actually executed, there's a platform that did everything. It uh, did comparative rate analysis. It looked for opportunities to consolidate parcel shipments into an LTL move. Um, so that type of automation really helped them have visibility even before the package got on or the skid got on the truck uh, for the visibility aspect of it. Um, so when we launched that, again, I think they're, and now they're up to about 5,500 suppliers. They did a presentation for us at a, at a conference and they showed the ROI analysis that in the first year they saved over a million dollars. And that was just on the carrier service level, getting rid of the, the ability for suppliers to, to, uh, to go to an expedited service versus the ground that the PO did fraudulent use. And then they, this, the, they, have, they hadn't yet in that million dollars quantified the internal ROI for uh, you know, just having visibility, which... A lot of times companies have a hard time, you know, quantifying that, uh, but it usually comes down to reduced headcount um, and people just working more efficiently because we know transportation touches virtually every aspect of the business from finance. And that got us into the 
understanding the customer service aspect of it, the finance aspect of it, which is to allow us to build out the platform's capability to touch more, more parts of the business. You know, that's a great, you know, uh, case study. And, and the last point you brought up, I think is, is, is important too. You know, the, probably the easier part of quantify is you can see, okay, how much did we spend last year on transportation uh, on the inbound side? And then how much by after implementing this technology, how much, you know, did we, re, did we reduce those, exp those expedited shipments or those more exp expensive shipments? And you can see a dollar amount there. In, in this case, you said, uh, you know, over a million dollars. But the part that's, that companies sometimes overlook or it's more difficult to quantify is, you know, the fact that because you have these more um, perhaps manual processing in place in the past, or you don't have an efficient uh, platform in place, you're, there's a lot of wasted labor time and, and so forth. Right. So you've got all these people now that are having to make phone calls, having to send emails, you know, having to reprint things and, and, and so forth. And, and that's a big part of this ROI, you know, as well. Um, and I think that's, you know, across the board, when I see, you know, uh, any kind of transportation management system implementation, you know, it's, it's that greater efficiency uh, and the elimination of waste, wasted time, wasted resources, uh, wasted energy that, you know, is, is a big contributor to, you know, to the business case as well. Um, so so as, you, as you kind of thinking forward now, looking forward to on, on the technology front, I mean, what, what's next? How will this you know, technology continue to evolve and in, in response to, you know, client needs. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, Adrian, uh, really one of the great things about the acquisition uh, of Process Weaver by Alemica was the extended platform they have. They are a, a, a business data network, right? Uh, you know, EDI history, um, supply chain control tower, and it's all about the data. You know, you, I wished I would have trademarked this. Fred Smith said this back in the late uh, 1970s from FedEx, that the information about the package is as important as the package itself. And that's never been more true right now is, is, is it's, it's all about data, right? And when we get into companies and we have many companies that they want to know where that package is, it may be high valued, it may not be high valued, but they want to know where it is 24, seven, 365. And, and because of what's happening, capacity shortages, they're using a variety of different types of carriers. So in order to effectively manage the supply chain, you need to have, I mean, we're, we're finding even in the mid-market now, companies making investments uh, because they do need to know because the customer needs to know when that's going to be, the, that package is going to be delivered or what the status is. You can't put people on hold anymore. You can't promise to get back to them via email. Uh, I know I don't like to be placed on hold, so I can imagine what that million dollar part uh, buyer is trying to serve. So, you know, our solution, I think, provides also with that data, because now with our platform, we're tapped into not only digitally integrated with the carriers, we're digitally integrated with, uh, you know, uh, countries to export files. So even suppliers that need to file export information, that's built into our platform. So it takes a lot of heavy lifting off them. It allows those companies to make ensure that all those cross-border moves get taken care of. And then it's about supply chain control tower, which is which, which is really one of the more exciting parts of the Olympic acquisition for me is that having access to that data, tapping into the carriers, maritime data, because that gets us into predictive analytics, right? So we know, I know when I order a pizza, I love to know that the, 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 the Domino's driver is five minutes away. So with these predictive analytics, it's, 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 it's hugely beneficial to know that if there's going to be a delay of a vessel because of something 
uh, it just allows you to plan better and to compensate and maybe to take a short-term uh, next-day air freight shipment so that this particular facility doesn't go down uh, rather than waiting for things to come in. So, you know, GPS data on trucks and, and all of that information is coming in. And to be honest, you know, four years ago, we were really talking about TMS outbound. We probably spend as much time, if not more, now talking about not necessarily inbound, but data as a whole. And so uh, outbound is great. But if you have outbound and inbound data together, you're you're covering import, export, and all of these other areas. So for me, you know, it's you know, it's it's, it's sooner or later the true realization of blockchain and IoT and, and the value of information in these data lakes and and just how because I've always known that logistics and transportation information touches virtually every aspect of the business. It becomes it's more important to be globally competitive right now, uh, at least from the companies that we talk to and we talk to startups that want to be global, and they're making investments, uh, surprisingly so, because what we've seen with COVID and that kind of that black swan event uh, disruption is you, you now have to plan for the next one. It may not be, you know, anything related to a virus, but it could be an economic downturn and with capacity shortages and all that. People are, uh, are, are contacting us uh, with, with greater frequency than they have uh, in, in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the data baby. That's what we talk about a lot now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think you're, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, historically, you know, I mean, we started the conversation, I started the conversation by talking about the focus on the outbound versus the inbound. Um, and, and in many ways, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, in terms of needing to think differently, yes, there are unique, unique challenges and things that happen on the inbound side that's different than the outbound and, and vice versa. But in reality, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to drive uh, as much innovation, uh, you're going to drive as much efficiency, if you're going to be as as resilient, you know, that's the buzzword today, as resilient as possible, as agile as possible, you really have to take that holistic and integrated view of, of your supply chain, right? So not view it just as an inbound problem or an inbound uh, solution or an outbound problem or outbound solution, but really looking at it as your end-to-end solution. And that incorporates a lot of the, you know, the, the data that, you know, uh, underpins uh, everything, if you will. And then all these emerging technologies that you talked about that are, are going to help leverage that data to, to improve, um, you know, that whole end-to-end, you know, picture there. Um, so, so, well, David, as, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, what, what questions should companies ask themselves to assess whether they're a leader or a laggard with regards to supplier management? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, the first thing that we find when we go in and we start talking about it is because they're asking, what, what, what do I need to look at inside of my business? And one is, are your suppliers complying? You know, uh, you know, when you issue a purchase order that says it's gonna, it needs to be here, this method of shipment, what is that compliance? Well, without the data, you can't measure that. So that generally gets them to start thinking about data more. So you know, are my suppliers complying? Am I, do I have an unnecessarily large number of people that are having to do these emails and making sure that ASN labels are in compliance because the other part of that obviously is the automation of the receivings of goods into the distribution centers as well. Um, I would also say, um, yeah, I mean, are they complying with shipment dates? I mean, that's, that's a real big part. And if there's no collaboration pre-shipment that yes, we have this, we're going to ship it on this date. And it's just letting the buyers know if there's going to be any disruptions uh, rather than just sending a PO and then hoping for the best, it allows them to proactively manage it. And if there's our exceptions, 
you manage the exceptions instead of being blindsided. So um, I think the other thing um, would be uh, drop shipping is another big piece of it. And, in, in, you know, are, am I increasingly uh, using suppliers to drop ship to shorten the channels to the customer? Uh, do I have visibility of that? Uh, at, you know, are we recognizing revenue on delivery, which a lot of our customers do? And so it has very positive revenue recognition. So we generally do touch into really, especially in, into the finance, into the buy side, uh, the procure to pay side. Um, and are there occasions where we see fraudulent use? I mean, the purchase order said UPS ground, but they did, uh, you know, UPS early AM. And the product that I ordered for them was, you know, had a profit of 10 bucks, but it cost me $310 to get the freight in. And without those kinds of controls, so it's, I think it's just, at, I mean, it's looking at your, your carrier bills and, you know, through auditing, finding out uh, what's wrong. But I think companies know who their good suppliers are because a lot of those are already on EDI and they're doing ASNs and all of that. And that's going to be their 20%, right? 80% of their goods coming from 20. It's the, uh, it's the other ones. It's the smaller suppliers who are problematic. And uh, I think just thinking about those suppliers and, uh, you know, what the incremental value is to your company by bringing them into a platform that's fairly easy to deploy. It's very powerful. It gives that business a lot of capabilities where they're drawn to it. And then the challenge becomes uh, onboarding suppliers and, and, and we're experts at helping businesses do that as well. So it's not as uh, difficult of a deployment as, as some might think, considering how they've had to deal with their supplier community for, and I love suppliers, by the way, so I'm not bad-mouthing suppliers, but how they've had to deal with them maybe over the last 10, 25, 50 years. Well, those are some great, uh, great questions. And, uh, you know, certainly I think we could probably talk for another hour around, yeah. uh, at least, you know, around these topics, including the the, the onboarding piece, which, which you just talked about. So maybe that's a topic for a, for a future episode or a future conversation. But, but David, we, we, we covered a lot of ground today. You provide some great insights and advice on this whole area of supplier management and inbound uh, logistics. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. You bet. My pleasure, Adrian. Always good to talk to you. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode um, uh, uh, on demand, either at the Process Weaver or Lemica website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for David, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great okay. day. Have a good day.